Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. Excited for this one because we're going to hear from somebody that is way more successful than I am. I don't know if they're more successful than you, but for me, yeah, I have no problem at all saying this is probably somebody I should listen to and probably somebody that I can learn from. Somebody that can just give me a few talking points, give me a few, and when I say talking points, I just mean kind of in my own mind that I can discuss with myself. I mean, do you ever talk to yourself? I talk to myself. I have, you know, voices in my head. Maybe I'm just a crazy person, but, you know, yes, I'll have, you've been there, right? When you're just driving, you're all alone. For me, being in the Midwest, you're driving through like a cornfield, so there's literally nothing to look at. Um, I mean, a stalk of corn only has so much value before the law of diminishing returns kicks in and you're like, okay, I've seen enough corn. So then you just zone out and you kind of just think about things and you have a little discussion in your head. And this is a a topic that I think has all sorts of value. And I'm going to twist it a little bit, not in a negative way, but more so in, I think, a more relatable way, because I'm assuming that most people listening to this are not... CEOs of billion dollar companies. And um, I, I don't wanna say you're not striving to be that, but more so just a little bit more practical in terms of how we can look at this and kind of the lens that we can view all this information from. The article comes from CNBC and their make it section, but the title, 10 Principles for Great Leadership According to Disney CEO. If you've never heard of Disney, then I'm not quite sure what to say in regards to that. I'm just going to assume that you've heard of Disney. And yeah, to be the CEO of Disney, multi-billion dollar company, you know, I'm not gonna say you're like the be all end all and that you know it all, but I, I, I would say that you probably have a, a good perspective on you know, what it takes to be a good leader. But this is where I wanna twist a little bit. Let's just assume that we're talking about more so from an employee standpoint, more so that you have a job or more so that maybe you're gonna you know, start a side hustle or that you're gonna start something to just bring in some more income. So maybe not necessarily a leader, but I would argue if you do have a job, for example, or if you are looking to start a side hustle or, or, or you know, grind, well then you wanna have those same sorts of attributes because in all actuality, the only way you're going to rise up through a company if, if that's your goal is, well, you know what? If I'm gonna climb the corporate ladder, if I'm gonna improve and get myself raises and put myself in better positions, I should probably be a leader in whatever role that I have at the job. And that includes, let's just say that you're a janitor. You know what, take the viewpoint of, all right, how can I be a leader as a janitor? Because you know what, if all of a sudden you're the leader of the janitors, that means, well, you're like the best janitor and you're gonna put yourself at the best opportunity to, to come up with you know whatever might be next from that point within the company. I mean, you hear it quite a bit People that are really, really high up in companies, they start off really, really low. I have nothing against janitors at all. In fact, if, if you're out there and you're grinding, that's great. Now, the only problem I do is if you're like, you know what, I, 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 I'm good with being a janitor the rest of my life. You can do better. You, you can improve from there. Again, nothing against janitors. That's fine. That's great. That's a, a great way to, you know, even if you're a college kid doing a janitor or, or you know, a high school kid being a janitor just to bring in some extra money. Bravo, but a college kid or a high school kid saying, yeah, I'm a janitor, I wanna stay this way for the next 50 years, I would encourage you to uh, look to expand your horizons a little bit more, but kinda took myself off track there. The idea, no matter what you're doing, you should always be trying to make yourself some sort of leader in that role, because when you are a leader in whatever role you're in, that makes you much more attractive 
to get pulled up. And we've talked about this in past episodes, but when you put yourself in the shoes of somebody else, so let's say that you are looking to hire and you looking to hire, you looking to promote somebody, well, it's gonna reflect on you because if you tell your boss, hey, you should promote that person and then that person's a total you know, moron, a, you know, they're a total failure, well, how's that gonna look to you and your boss? Your boss isn't gonna trust you, are gonna say, I don't know, you've, you've recommended that we promote that person and that person didn't turn out so well. So I mean, yeah, you're probably not gonna get promoted now. Whereas you wanna make yourself attractive where your boss says, you know what, I feel really safe. I feel really good in promoting you because you have all these attributes and my ulterior motive here is, well, I wanna look good for my boss up above me because I also wanna continue to grow. So make your, make your boss's job as safe and easy as possible when it comes to selecting people to maybe promote or what have you. And when you adapt these characteristics, I mean, I think it can take you a, a long way in that regard. So yes, yeah, sure, this isn't necessarily leadership as a CEO that we're talking about here, but just making yourself a leader in whatever role you you have. Even honestly, if you're maybe you're a high school kid and you're just in the classroom, how can you make yourself a leader in the classroom? How can you make yourself an attractive person? How can you make yourself a person that people want to be around? How can you make yourself likable? Because all those characteristics will definitely take you far in life, and that's what I want. You know, that's kind of the main focus that I want to look at here. So, a little uh, context. So, Bob Igor. Let's see. He makes. So I'm picking up with the article here. He makes $66 million a year as the CEO of Disney. But Bob Eager's rise to the top wasn't exactly easy. The Long Island Natum had to work odd jobs starting at the age of 13 to help support himself. As a teenager, oh my goodness, he worked as a summer janitor in his high school district. So maybe, maybe that whole janitor thing wasn't exactly a random choice on my part. But uh, anyways, he worked as a summer janitor in his school district, scraping gum from under desks. I mean, that's awesome. If you are scraping gum under desks, good for you. Fantastic. You're out there, you're hustling, you're doing a good job. But again, don't, don't sit there and say, you know, I want to scrape gum from desks for the next 40 years. You, you can expand your boundaries. Picking back up, he got his first position at ABC Television as a studio supervisor at 23 and spent the next 31 years moving through more than 20 different positions at the network. He was named CEO of the Walt Disney Company in 2005. 31 years, 20 different positions. But how? I mean, how do you even work your way? I mean, that's a long time. That's working your way up a massive, massive structure. I don't know how many Disney or employees Disney has. I mean, but it's, it's easily, easily thousands upon thousands of people they employ, but he was able to work his way up there. So once again, but, but how exactly? How did he turn himself into somebody that was able to rise through those ranks? Going back to the article, I've been the lowest or lowliest crew member working on a daytime soap opera and run a network that produced some of the most innovative televisions uh, television shows of all times. I've twice been on the side of a company being taken over and I've acquired and assimilated several others among them, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, and more recently, 21st Century Fox, Eager writes in his memoir, The Ride of a Lifetime. And while he credits his father for encouraging him to work and stay productive, Eager has also learned a thing or two about what it takes to rise to the top and stay there. 
So Eager outlines these 10 principles uh, that which he says have helped them succeed and are essential for every good leader. Number one, number one, optimism. Eager writes that being and staying positive is one of the most important qualities a leader can have. If you walk up and down the hall constantly telling people the sky's falling, a sense of doom and gloom will over time permeate the company. You can't communicate pessimism to the people around you. It ruins morale. He says the bottom line is that no one wants to follow a pessimist. Optimism is about believing in yourself and your employees' abilities. And you know what, as obvious that one kind of is, it's crazy how many people glance over it, myself included. Sometimes I'm just cranky. Sometimes my attitude is just clay. Dude, relax, what, what's your problem? Like you're, you're not being very optimistic. Clay, do you think your family enjoys being around you right now? Clay, do you think anybody enjoys being around you right now? Probably not. And that's exactly not a you know revolutionary statement on my part, right? I mean, who wants to be around a negative person? Who wants to be around a pessimist? So, well, what is the opposite of a pessimist? Well, an optimist. So, wow, that's amazing how that kind of works out. Just be optimistic. Be as positive as possible. I realize that's not necessarily always easy to do, but it makes you attractive. It makes you somebody that people actually want to be around. And when you are attractive, when you have those characteristics, well, good things can happen. Number two, courage. The foundation of risk-taking in business is courage, Eager says. Too often, we lead from a place of fear rather than courage, stubbornly trying to build a network or a bulwark, excuse me, to protect old models that can't possibly survive the sea of change that is underway, he writes. Don't be in the business of playing it safe. Be in the business of creating possibilities for greatness. Once again, as a employee, as a side hustle, I'm not saying you go out there and are totally dumb and totally take unjustified risks, risks that are not thought out. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what he's saying. But if you've thought things out, if you actually structure it and put together a plan, then yeah, have some courage. Get out there and put that, you know, put that ball in motion. Number three, focus. Eager says it's extremely important to allocate your time, energy, and resources to the issues and goals that are most important at that moment. I'm not gonna go through every bit of every single part here, but right there I found that fascinating because all I could think of is allocate your time, energy, and resources to the goals that are most important. And listen, and I, I would assume most of you aren't this, but this is why you gotta be very careful about being sucked into the world of trolls online, sucked into the world of just negative people, maybe in real life. Or you hear about such and such was saying this behind your back. You know what? Who really cares? Is it worth your time, energy, and resources to even worry about that? Or should, do you have better goals? Do you have near-term goals that are more important? My guess is yes, you definitely have near-term goals. And being somebody that's got YouTube channels and online stuff, especially with my other business, yeah, I definitely come across people that, the keyboard warriors, the trolls, the know-it-alls, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I gotta be very careful to just re remember, Clay, stay focused. Should you really be spending your time, should you really be allocating your energy and resources towards this? Or do you have any other goals that are maybe a little bit more important? And I'd say probably 99.997% of the time, yeah, I, th there's other things that I should be doing. So stay focused. 
whether you're doing a side hustle or if you are, you know, again, always put yourself in your boss's shoes, right? If you put yourself in your boss's shoes and you realize, you know what? It would look good to have an employee or somebody that just stays focused, that's not getting distracted by all sorts of other things. That would be a good attribute. That would be a very attractive attribute to have. So just stay focused. Great point. And again, those things seem so obvious, right? Be optimistic. Have some courage. Be focused. But how many people do you know that are just so not focused, that are random and scattered all over the place? It's easy to do. Number four, decisiveness. All decisions, no matter how difficult, can and should be made in a timely way. Chronic indecision is not only inefficient and counterproductive, but deeply corrosive to morale. I'm gonna do it soon. No, no, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm gonna do this, that, and the other, but soon. Just do it. You gotta do it. I don't care what that has to do in regards to, it's, you just have to take action. You have to be decisive. And part of decisiveness, I think, in my opinion, I could probably do a, a, a whole podcast on this, is decisiveness, there's a fine line that gets blurred, meaning, yeah, I'm gonna do this, that, and the other, and maybe you even write some stuff down on paper. There, I was decisive. I, 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 I said I'm gonna do it. Did you catch the keyword? Said, I'm gonna do it. I've decided that I'm going to do it. Okay, that's great that you've decided, but are you actually going to do it? Are you gonna be decisive in that manner? The biggest decisive thing that you need to do is actually to do what you said you've decided to do. Keep that in mind, a fine line that gets blurred all the time, and once again, I'm speaking myself, I, I, I make these decisions, I get it mapped out, but then I never quite make the decision to actually do what I had decided would be beneficial. So something that definitely is worthwhile and I, you know, I, I definitely have in my life and struggle with and try to be the best about. Number five, I find this one pretty interesting, curiosity. Eager says having a deep and abiding curiosity enables the discovery of new people, places, and ideas, or in this case, you know, business ventures. Curiosity also helps leaders gain awareness and an understanding of the marketplace and its changing dynamics. The path to innovation begins with curiosity. Now, from an employee perspective, you know what? Curiosity, that is something good. Meaning, you know what? I'm curious to the point where I'm gonna go ask my fellow employee, hey, how was your weekend? What'd you do? Now, some people say, well, that's just being nosy. I suppose in some senses, there's that line that could be crossed, but just having a, a curiosity of wondering about other people where you know the world doesn't revolve around you and it's not always about you, but you're just curious that makes you actually wanna care or ask about somebody else. I'm not saying you like are looking to dig deep into somebody's love life or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know what? That is actually a very attractive characteristic to have, right? To be curious about other people to the point where you ask and show that, well, you actually care about other people and you're not some sort of self-absorbed person. All right, so curiosity, thats that makes a whole lot of sense now that I think about it. It is good to be curious. And I, I, I once again, I, I try my best and that's what we're trying to teach our kids right now because kids have the tendency to talk about me, 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 I, 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 look at this, 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 which all revolves around me, but hey, Hey, why don't, why don't you ask the other person how they're doing? Why don't you be curious about the other person? That, that's, again, an attractive quality. Number six, fairness. 
Be decent to people always, Eager says. Every leader must treat everyone with fairness and empathy. And that, again, that just goes a long way. As an employee, just be fair. Be, be you know, polite. Treat everyone with fairness around you. You don't need to, you know, step on anybody to get ahead. Just be fair. To pick back up with that section, this doesn't mean that you lower your expectations or convey the message that mistakes don't matter. It means you create an environment where people know you'll hear them out and that you're emotionally consistent and fair-minded and that they'll be given a second chance for honest mistakes. Very well said. I mean, as an employee or as somebody that's doing a side hustle and maybe you're trying to work with somebody, people make mistakes, hey, that's all right. I make mistakes too, that's why they put erasers on the end of pencils. But I mean, let's, let's make sure we learn from a mistake here. Let's make sure we, 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 we try our very, very best not to repeat that again, but you know, be fair about it. Being fair, I, I would say, now of course there's always gray area, there's always, well what about this? But if it's, if it's a mistake that, you know what, it, it is what it is, being fair, like you're fired, get out. Okay, now you're just trying to be a tough guy and that's, that's not really making yourself that attractive of a, you know, of a, of a leader or just that attractive of any sort of you know, employee that's maybe trying to rise up through the ranks. Number seven, thoughtfulness. Eager says thoughtfulness is one of the world's most, or is one of the most underrated elements of good leadership. He says thoughtfulness is the process of gaining knowledge so that when you give an opinion or make a decision, you have enough knowledge to back it up. You have to do the homework. You have to be prepared. Iger writes, I, I, I think I've maybe used that word every now and then, but I, I don't think I've ever used the word thoughtful. I've always just said, be prepared. You gotta have a plan. You know, if you're getting ready to go off to college, be thoughtful about it. Have a plan. Does it make sense to go into all that debt to get the degree that you're gonna get? Is there a job market for that degree? Do your homework. Be prepared. On the flip side, you have to recognize that there is never 100% certainty and no matter how much data you've been given, any decision is still ultimately a risk. That is true, there's always risk, but um, his point is, you know what? Let's leverage the odds, let's leverage the probabilities, let's, let's, rig, the, let's rig the decision as much in our favor as possible. I mean, it still could go wrong, there's a risk, but you know what? Let's get as much information as possible, let's be prepared as possible, where you know we're literally trying to stack the odds in our favor. I mean, that's what any good decision is, right? When you are crossing the street, you are doing your homework. You are being prepared. How? Well, you're looking both ways. You are trying to leverage the odds as much in your in your favor as possible that you don't get turned into road pizza. So you look both ways. Okay, there's no car coming. Sometimes if there is a car coming, you're gonna ah nope, it's not worth it. I mean, I'll just wait until the car passes and then the risk really, really dwindle that I'll be able to make it across the street. So I mean, we do that every day, but be thoughtful. I like the way he, he's, you know, there's one thing to be prepared, sure, but being thoughtful, that, that's, that's a good way to put it. Number eight, authenticity. Eager says you should never fake anything and it is essential to be genuine and honest at all times. He encourages leaders to take responsibility when they screw up and learn from their mistakes. And the other business that I have that has to do with uh, you know just the, the, the financial markets, this is a huge one. People don't wanna take responsibility when they screw up, they wanna blame other people, they wanna blame in some cases just crazy conspiracy theories. But you know what? Leaders are just quality people in general. When they screw up, they take responsibility and then they learn from it. 
goes a long, long way. And like I said, that one really hits home for me um, in my with the other business that I have. Uh, yeah, you, you gotta just take responsibility. And then to pick up with that final uh, part of the authenticity, set an example that it's okay to get things wrong sometimes, he says. Absolutely, nobody is, as my gym teacher, Mr. Lyons said in fifth grade, hey, if people were perfect, they wouldn't have to put erasers on the end of pencils. And I, I've never forgotten that clearly because it's been a while since I've been in the fifth grade. Number nine, rel relentless pursuit of perfectionism. According to Eager, Michael Eisner, the former CEO of Disney, once told him, if you believe that something can be made better, put in the effort to do it. And only micromanaging, and that micromanaging is underrated. Iger agrees to a point. Sweating the details can show employees how much you care, says Eager, but on the downside, it can be stultifying. St uh, that, that's, a, that's a crazy word. It can be stultifying and come across as a lack of trust in the people who you work for. Yeah, and that is definitely a fine line. You know, once again, to circle this and twist it. If you're an employee, I mean, you, you wanna make sure that your fellow employee or maybe the people that are underneath you, if you're a boss of other people, but you're still looking to rise in the ranks, you, you definitely wanna make sure that uh, you, you show people that you care, but you don't care too much in the sense of now it all of a sudden comes across as uh, micromanaging. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could probably write a book on that topic there. What, where's that fine line between micromanaging and caring, I mean, hey, I just care, that's why, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm asking all these questions and asking for this, that, and the other. But then what does it cross to, all right, I don't, I don't think you care, I, I just don't think you trust me, like I said. I, but the, what I really like though, is that if you believe something can be made better, put in the effort to do it. So I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that title where they say perfectionism, uh, because when I see that, I, I think of being perfect and being perfect. Well, nothing can ever t totally be perfect. I mean, it goes back to the whole thoughtfulness thing. Yeah, you can have you can leverage the odds as, as much as possible, but there is still always that risk. Uh, but the idea here I like is if, if you recognize something and you believe it can be improved, can be made better, then yeah, put in the effort and do it. And then number 10, integrity. The way you do anything is the way you do everything, Eager writes. Nothing is more important than the ability or than the quality and integrity of a company's people and its products, according to Eager. He says every great leader's success depends on setting high ethical standards for all things, big and small, and a good leader has to demand integrity from the people and products at all times. And you know, we, we kind of started off with one that I would think is relatively obvious, optimism. You know, who wants to be around a negative person? And then we end with you know, just forming a, a, a reputation of being somebody that's dishonest or misleading or just flat out lies, I'm not quite sure that's gonna get you to, to rise up the ranks as much as what somebody who, you know, ha has the exact opposite of that reputation. And it all circles back to, you know what, it's okay to make mistakes. Own up to it. So yeah, I, I made a mistake. Here's what I learned from it though. Here's how, what I'm gonna do in the future to prevent it. That's an honest answer. I made a mistake. Do you know how honest that is? That's so honest. That's what integrity is all about. And again, putting myself in boots or putting myself in a boss's boots um, or just put, you know, life in general. I mean, do you respect people that just say, yeah, I made a mistake? Or do you respect people where you know they made a mistake 
And then they're just talking and talking and working around the issue and trying to finagle it and trying to twist and weave and and you're just thinking, listen, this this you of course you're probably not saying this, but you're thinking, this doesn't make you sound very good right now. I, I, I can't say that I'm developing a whole lot of respect for you right now because I mean you made a mistake, but honestly, if you were to just say I made a mistake, I would like actually respect you so much more, which seems a little contradictory to respect somebody that made a mistake, but it's amazing how if you just own up to it and just admit it, be honest about it, that can go a long way. And then of course there's situations where, you know, you don't wanna be cooking the books, right? You don't wanna be uh, stealing money from companies, that's clearly not a good thing, but I think that goes without saying. But a great list, something that, you know, really got me thinking and just, all sorts of things coming from somebody that, again, what was it, 31 years and 20 different positions to rise up and uh, now making 66 million a year as the CEO of Disney. And I mean, that, that's motivation right there to know that if you work hard, if you can start off scraping gum from under a desk, that's power. That, that's, that is great stuff right there. And that's uh, pure motivation. That's amazing that uh, you know, uh, I live in a country, I'm assuming most people here live in the United States, uh, but even Canadians, Canadians that listen to this, I mean, to think that we live in a country where you can start off scraping gum from under desks and then work your way up, didn't happen overnight, 31 years, 20 different jobs, 20 different positions, but now making 66 million a year, that is some good stuff there. But great list, hopefully you, you, you uh, you know, there was a, a talking point that made you just think, hey, you know what? Yeah. So the next time you're driving through a cornfield and you're kind of just by yourself and you're just reflecting, maybe one of these points you could come up and really kind of hammer down how you can improve upon it in your life. Uh, but um, some good things, some things that I know I'm gonna work at. So thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.